bombing runs over Italy in 1944. G.P. Putnam, the publishing magnate who was also the husband of Amelia Earhart, had taken an interest in my parents after they collaborated with W.L. White on the book Queens Die Proudly, which told the story of the great Flying Fortress bombers, including my father's heroically cobbled together B-17D, the Swoos. A contract was proposed and accepted. Margot was to write a war memoir from the home front perspective, titled to be determined, $250 to be remitted on signing, and $250 on delivery of the manuscript. I was born in the fall of 1944, a few weeks after Nazi forces put a brutal end to Hungarian resistance, a few weeks before U.S. troops landed in the Philippines. My father was somewhere in the thick of that as my mother and day-old me were being photographed for the newspaper. People desperately needed to see this beautiful young mother treasuring her fresh baby and believe in a God who would either bring that baby's daddy home or send straight to hell the scurvy tail gunner who took him out. I look at that photograph on a bookshelf behind my desk and see nothing but hope, hope, hope. My mother's face is filled with optimism and love. It's hard to turn away. But it's time. Margot, darling? I call on my way to the car. I'm off. No, you're not, she says. You're just right. A quick hug, and I'm out the door. I drive myself to work, mechanically and metaphorically, and it doesn't take long. Every day, I'm grateful for this five-minute commute to the studio. The kismet is unbelievable. After decades of bi-coastal and intercontinental commutes, almost always working more than one job at any given time, just when I needed it most, I landed a steady gig on that rarest of beasts, a television show that is a critical and commercial success. That's something we hardly dare hope for in this business. Most people have no idea how many pilots disappear into the mosh pit, how many promising starts go the way of the pet rock before a show comes along with a genuine heart and exactly the right creative team, writers, cast, and production crew. You're more likely to find narwhal steaks on special at Ralph's. Above and beyond that, this particular cast and crew, all souls counted, are smart, delightful, mellow, ego-light professionals who've become my dear friends. When I saw the pilot script, I knew this show, Mike and Molly, had the potential to go the distance. In the back of my mind, I heard Frankie telling me the same thing he told me when I started Sisters on NBC in the early 1990s. Five years, he said with certainty. When I puffed something about not counting chickens, he smiled a confident, ready-for-takeoff smile and repeated, Five years, The show lasted six more seasons, as did Frankie. Ready to wrap our third season of Mike and Molly, I believe this one could last even longer. But every time I allow myself to speculate, I feel the urge to spit, throw salt over my shoulder, and sacrifice a goat. Karma is a bitch, as they say. We all must have suffered tremendously in our previous lives to have this great job. I don't want to jinx it. The main characters, Mike Biggs and Molly Flynn, Billy Gardell and Melissa McCarthy, are so easy to be with on screen and off, our merry cast and crew quickly developed a healthy chemistry. I think people truly can feel that through the screen. The show immediately attracted a large audience of loyal fans, despite the fact, or 
perhaps because of the fact that precious few successful sitcoms feature characters who look like real people instead of successful sitcom characters. At first blush, the show is about a school teacher and a police officer who meet at Overeaters Anonymous. In their quest to lose weight, they find each other. That sweetly simple premise is injected with an impossible amalgam of highly evolved and lowbrow. The moral scruples of this show are refreshingly intolerant of cynicism. A lot of the humor is below the belly button, and the zingy dialogue is boner blunt. But it doesn't feel crass because the relationships are so authentic, the atmosphere so unabashedly romantic, and the storyline so much about love. I've played broad, and I've played body, but I've never inhabited a character quite like Joyce Flynn, Molly's mother. She's given me the opportunity.